Welcome into the Atlanta basketball part of your home for the best Hawks talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere but here at Locked On. I'm your host, Tanitra Batista. Alongside me is Jarvis Davis and Deshaun Tate. The Atlanta basketball party is part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. The Hawks, unfortunately, guys, took another L last night. A bad beat to the tune of 128 to 105 to the Cavs in Cleveland. Now, we're going to deep dive into it with the and one. And we'll also go around the Metro to wrap up. But first, we have thoughts. And how apropos is it that we're going to end up around the Metro? Because I am down on the south side of the Metro tonight here in College Park as the G League team for the Hawks, the Skyhawks. We'll be taking on the swarm guys. So I'm doing a little bit of double duty. Appreciate you guys working with me and hanging out with me in my confines here in College Park. Now, last night, Jarvis, whoo, that was a sight to see at least for about two and a half quarters. Because admittedly, the Hawks did hang. They actually had a 12-point lead at a point in that game against the Cavs. And all of a sudden, whether you want to point at one person or whether you want to point at kind of meaning one person on the Hawks side or one person on the Cavs side. Things just kind of went south and never did the Hawks recover. They were down by at least at a point, 25 points, lost by 23. So I'm just going to ask you, do you think that what you saw last night is indicative of maybe what we need to get used to seeing from the Hawks uh, for a little while here? I mean, to be is Landry Fields picking up the phone and making phone calls to see who's available. Right. Uh, hey, I need a wing defender, but so does twenty nine other teams in the right. NBA right now. So I, I, it's hard for me to not to look at that because, to be mm -hmm. honest with you, T, when yeah. I, when that game started and they were walking out on that court, and I saw every uh, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen and. You know, and all and Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. I was like, how they gonna win this game? Tonight? <laughs> you know, and, and then I got a little bit of excited when they start when they got off to a nice start, you know, from from shooting the rock from from deep. But like eventually that that what I saw walk out on that court to start the game, that's what eventually took over. So it's gonna be really hard for them to make the necessary adjustments to you know, not look like that, but, yeah. you know, and if they do make the necessary adjustments, like how much are we really going to see them get that better in this time frame? Yeah, because the scary part was this before the game, Deshaun and I were talking about the fact that we really thought it was going to be about the bigs, right? And that the Hawks tend to be a smaller team. And when teams come, like you said, with a Jared, uh, excuse me, a Jared Allen and an Evan Mobley, who's just a little bit freakish in how he is built it's like okay maybe this is going to be a situation where you really miss it at the four and we're going to talk about the four in a minute but you start thinking oh boy the hawks are really undersized but honestly jarvis what really ended up scaring me was who came out in the backcourt and how that yeah. backcourt was actually the challenge because the Cavs didn't even lean into their bigs per se they actually put a lineup in position or in place that had three guards. So instead of being so concerned about the bigs, I was like, wait a minute, 
You got Max Struess, who I was concerned about because he's been a Hawks killer during his time with the Heat. Then, of course, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. That's where I started to get a little nervous. And, of course, the numbers prove it because you had 40, 19, and 11. And even though Struess only had 11, it was an efficient 11. So, essentially, that backcourt did damage. And that's what kind of concerned me because – to your point, we kind of knew that the front court was going to be a challenge we were going to talk about, not just tonight, but for nights to come. But the backcourt is a little bit of a concern because I don't know about you, J.D., but I've only maybe witnessed one or two games this season where I've seen both Trey and DeJounte shine at the same time. We've seen Trey go off and have great two-way games. And, yeah, I did say great because Trey is working his butt off to play defense. And DeJounte yeah. Murray has had great two-way play. Rarely, including last night, by the way, have we seen them play, both of them at the same time, play great games as opposed to what we saw with the backcourt with the Cavs. So, yeah, Jarvis, to answer the question that we posed, I do have a concern about whether or not this is what we might see uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and and that's it's truly unfortunate because when you think about what that that aspect of, of that game, right, you talk about being the, those guys – being able to um, co- cohesively have a good game together, yeah. that's the that's what we have haven't seen. We didn't see that, you know, last night, unfortunately, because you know those guys, like I said, Trey got off to a nice start, but um, but those are some of the things that we were just like, okay, what happened? What's the deal here? And it just went dark, so to speak. Yeah. So I, I think it's a it's it's, it's truly. It's a conundrum, right? Because we want this to work. We want this, you know, this this yeah. combination to work. But if it's a matter of those two not being able to coincide with each other, especially in a game like this where you need scoring and you just weren't able to get it, and both of you all yeah. are struggling, it is yeah. just it's just super hard for for them to kind of be able to come up with the necessary answers. Because that's just, right. that's just not it's just not quite working out like that, like it's supposed to. And, you know, Jarvis, you just mentioned something that I want to point out as well when you talk about shooting. And granted, about four minutes before the game wrapped, Quinn Snyder did decide to empty the benches. But if we look at the other 44 minutes, you're basically looking at a Hawks team that have, what, seven players in double figures. But the challenge is nobody got above 20 points. So really and truly, when you dig into those numbers, it's like, yeah, some individuals were more efficient than others. But ultimately speaking, I think that that's a huge piece that, yeah, you're still challenged with your scoring when it comes to guys like that, at least two nights in a row. Uh, And granted, I'll give them a little bit of deference because with the Celtics, you score 103 points based on the fact that you're coming off a back-to-back. But you did have a breather on Monday. and You would expect that they would have been able to kind of hang with the Cavs a little bit more from a scoring perspective. But, you know, in this league, 105 ain't it, especially if you knew coming in that teams are going to be the same way as you. You had to win with an 18-point deficit for any shot at staying in the in-season tournament. Cavs needed to do some things in that same regard, and they did what they had to do. And so, yeah, it's one of those things where it's kind of a head scratcher, and you hope that it's not going to be this way. But it might be because, honestly, Deshaun, may seem like a dumb question, may seem like a dumb point, but this may be where we are for the foreseeable future because, as we know, anywhere from three to six weeks is where this team will be without one Jalen Johnson. And, yeah, I'm going to be Captain Obvious. I'm going to ask the dumb question, but it's still valuable and vital based on what we saw last night. 
How important has Jalen Johnson really become to this team through these first 17 games of this season, Deshaun? Ridiculously important, unbelievably important. Um, things, I mean, what's happening before our eyes are things that for me personally, I'm not sure that I've ever would have said. Forget about just in the first three years of his career as a Hawk or what have you, but to have the kind of responsibilities and stepping up to the plate, you know, he's been that that guy that we all thought coming into the year when we know that there was no more, going to be no more John. On top of that, to add, you know, fuel to the fire, not going to get someone of similar size or ideal position to be able to come in during free agency or what have you, but to hand Jalen Johnson the keys, who looks like he was essentially kind of, still kind of bright-eyed, bushy-tailed a little bit, just need to maybe get some butterflies out, showed some flashes, but never really, to me, showed that he looked like he was going to be ready. Honestly, Oyeka Onkangwu was probably the player that most people probably figured in that situation. Agreed. Um, but you know what? Jalen, he was a plug-and-play. He came in with his energy, and he looked fearless. And I thought that deer in the headlights aside, and once you got those butterflies out, it sounds crazy, but um, they're making a way, you know, now that they have them. Now that they don't for these couple of weeks, it's going to be really hard-pressed to try and convince me that, you know, it's going to be an easy fix. But that is why you have players like Sadiq Bey, who has been really consistent. But uh, hopefully they can hold on for the next couple of weeks. I, I would imagine it's going to be tough down the stretch, especially getting ready for, you know, talking about struggles in the front court. You got Victor Wimbenyama next of all names. Yeah, because players like Sadiq Bay, you were relying on him to really give you something off the bench. And so now that you have to insert him into the starting lineup a little bit more, that's where it poses the challenge. Because if he's your bench player who can just come off and probably shoot a three at will and give you a little bit of perimeter defense, where are you going to get that from now or at least in the next month? Because I don't think at this point you're probably going to see Landry Fields or that organization go out and find anybody. I think it's still a little bit too soon to have that conversation. But I tell you what. From what we have seen in these few games that Jalen's not been there, it definitely poses the the position, the possibility of that being maybe the first place Landry Fields has to go if he's starting to look out in of the association to see where they can get help. Now, we're going to talk more about the Hawks in and one and kind of where do they go from here. But first, Jarvis is here to tell you guys about eBay Motors. Listen up, everybody. This episode of the ATL Basketball Party is brought to you by eBay Motors. Listen, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host LeBron James of Fantasy Basketball, Josh Lloyd, to bring you some of the best, best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting a waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed guaranteed to fit on your roster like for example so let's let's check out to see who josh has because you know this is the type of stuff that you need to be paying attention to because hey we want you to win your fantasy league and josh lord is going to help you do that how about this sadiq bay we just got through talking about him with Jalen johnson going down he's been inserted into the starting lineup so you know this is a guy that you need to grab because he can shoot the rock you know, maybe a little sus on the defense, but, you know, we're talking about getting these fantasy points. That's where we at really. So make sure you check out Sadiq Bay, Josh Lloyd, uh, LeBron James of himself. It's going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team 
It's about each player being the perfect fit. Also, guys, we're going to talk about perfect fit. How about this? With over 122 million parts for your ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly, whether it be brake kits, LED headlights, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with the eBay Guarantee Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. I'm telling you guys, when you get to a point where you're looking for that necessary part, hey, I'm I'm actually in the market for a used transmission on my Dodge because I don't want to pay full price. You know where I'm going? I'm going to eBay Motors. I'm telling you because I'm trying to keep my ride or die alive. I love my doggone Dodge Ram, so I ain't trying to trade that bad boy in. I want to keep my little payment and everything like that, so I'm going to go check out eBay Motors and make sure that I take care of my baby. So you keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. eBay Guarantee Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, guys, time to get into the and one and kind of deep dive a little bit more on what we've seen overall, kind of bigger picture, right? We're 17 games in, Hawks are eight and nine on the season. And there have been times where we've definitely seen some things look a little bit different from, say, last season, right? Uh, there are times when last season we would have said, yep, time to, it's, it's a wrap. Got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. And we would have said, yeah, we're tapping out in about mm, second quarter, definitely midway through the third. But we've actually seen it to the end and we've seen the Hawks actually pay it forward and win a game. Right. We've also seen a lot of good effort. I'll again highlight Trey Young in the effort. It may not be 100 percent effective quite yet, but the defensive effort, I feel like it's going to yield more results sooner rather than later. However, there are times when the Hawks going to hawk. And that's when we feel like, you know, we get a little triggered, we get a little antsy, and we start to feel like, oh, dear, are we going backwards? So my question to you is this, Jarvis, does this Hawks team feel or look any differently for you from how it looked last year? And I'm talking about particularly the Nate McMillan era, because obviously we know Quinn came in in the last 22 games, but for that Nate era, do you feel like you see more of the Hawks from last season? And if so, does that concern you or as a long-term issue? Or do you think it's just them still evolving into the Quinn way of doing things? I think I think we're still evolving. Um, that's, that's what I have to go with because yeah. I, yeah. I've see, I see some differences. And the one different, biggest difference I've seen, like he's not playing. He hasn't played for the last two games. So – that's why I feel like I was a little triggered last night. I was like, man, this little, I'm talking about giving up easy baskets on the pick and roll, easy layups, dunks. And I'm just like, man, this is like the team that we saw last year. And yeah. currently, we know the Hawks right now are 89. The first 17 games of last year under Nick McMillan, they were 10 and 7. And, and the defense, overall defensive rating. 116 last year. I think right now as a team, they're 118 through 17 games. I know it's a small mm -hmm. snapshot, but it just kind of give you a picture as to, okay, this is where we are. That's right. why I feel like, you know, this is the, you know, Jalen Johnson's your second best defender, I believe, by, right behind Clint Capella. So when you lose that and you have, you kind of replace him with a guy that hasn't been that great at defending from time to time, you know, at least consistently in Sadiq Bay. Like it's gonna be a drop off, and I think that's what we're experiencing right now is is the is the drop off, and not necessarily devolving back into what they were, if that makes sense. So I, I think that 
I think it's a, a constant evolution of getting to the whole Quinn Snyder era and, and, and way of doing things. And I think that he's going to have to do his best coaching job because, like you said, Landry Fields, I don't think he's going to be picking up the phone anytime soon. I don't believe. I haven't heard any of those reports. But so it's it's going to take a, a big-time coaching job from, from Quinn Snyder to kind of get this thing back on track. And Deshaun, is the best coaching job something that includes considering maybe some guys that we don't talk about enough, we don't because we don't see them enough, like an A.J. Griffin? I mean, could he possibly be that guy? And don't get me wrong, we know we're not talking about him from the perimeter defense perspective because he's probably not going to give you yeah. any more than the DK gives you, if not less. Let's just be honest about that. Worse on the team. Exactly. So that's not it, but. If you're going to potentially get into games like last night where we could talk about that being a shootout, right? And a shooter needing to at least have rhythm. If you look at AJ getting, yeah, he had 15 minutes. Well, yeah, he was 0-8 from the field and 0-4 from three. But if you're going into your second year and a part of it might be mental, a part of it might be confidence and a shooter needing to shoot, when, is that a possibility, giving him some more opportunity to, to at least give you the offense that you need if you can't get anybody who can really offset the defense from deep or from the perimeter? Besides the fact that I totally agree with Jarvis on the defense and perspective of things, because <laughs> if they're going to roll that out there, they might as well roll grandma out there. Um, <laughs> outside of that particular piece. Oh, Grandma. Um, I, I, I do think Grandma might be able to give you a little bit more than he can for Somehow I knew you would that that way. As far as lateral movement. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, you know, I, I do think that there is more of a place for him. Don't forget, it wasn't too long ago, and I remember saying this on last year from the first half of the season. I thought that AJ was the MVP uh, of the first half of the season. We didn't see the chemistry between DeJounte and Trey. It looks like Trey was stinking it up. You know, a lot of fingers were pointing towards him based off of, you know, what was going on with the head coach and just things just really weren't being put together. And it's like nobody wanted to step up and be that guy. Clint is right. just being right. Clint and DeAndre is just being DeAndre and everybody's mm -hmm. just kind of going with the motion. Yeah. Well, there was a couple or maybe even a few moments on last year where AJ Griffin had not only, you know, hit some big shots, but also hit some big game winners for this team as well. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to forget those things. So let's wake those things up too. And and we're always, you know, having a conversation coming into the season, according to head coach Dan Quinn, um, uh, Quinn Snyder. Well, um, you know, you, you hear and Deshaun, people don't understand the reason that is so funny to Jarvis and I is because if there is one person on the yeah. Lockdown Sports Atlanta podcast yeah. team you can't that say don't that talk football, it's that yeah. dude right there. So, yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, <laughs> as you were, as you were, no, but uh, you know, I, I, I do feel like if there was you know one person that does deserve some opportunity. Um, it's him because we've, we've heard so many conver different conversations from Quinn Snyder about, you know, coming into the season, how they want to get more shots up from the perimeter. I don't think it's a question that he's one of the best pure shooters outside of probably bogey uh, on this team, probably even more consistent from an efficiency standpoint than Trey. I don't think that has surprised anybody either. Um, so I think he can see the floor. And just as far as the original question as a whole, Mm -hmm. I think that there are some instances where we are, it definitely has the same look 
to a degree, but it has a different feel to yeah. it with this particular team. Um, so I think it's just a matter of just still continuing to do the things that you're you're doing, perfect the thing, do continue doing the good things that you're doing, uh, mm -hmm. and perfecting those things, and just trying each and every single day one step. Uh, in, in the direction of improvement for the things that you're not great at. I'll be honest, some teams in the NBA, and I don't mean to get long-winded, some teams in the NBA that I think everybody's falling in love with, I think they've just peaked early. This is the Atlanta Hawks team that I don't even think has gotten halfway to that point yet, and they still look 500 decent in, in our eyes. Um, so I think that the, the ceiling is still pretty high for this team if they can find a way to put it all together. But it just it just feels better. And I think the point that you're making is valid in that, yes, some of those numbers are similar. And I'm glad that Jarvis pointed them out because we recognize eight and nine, 10 and seven. That's one and the same. And like you said, 116 versus 118, as far as the defensive rating, one and the same. But even though the numbers may look the same, we know the eye test, Jarvis, oftentimes will tell us that it's different. And I, I know from what I've seen, and I know you guys know from what you've seen, that the eye test tells us that it's different, such that, Jarvis, I think we still need to kind of, when I say temper our expectations on the Quinn Snyder effect, just give it a little bit more time. 22 games last year, 17 games this year, that is what, if my math is right, my math is mathing at 39, that's still not a half a season. It's still not a half a season. And if you take the um, preseason out because not everybody played, if you take summer league out, not everybody played, technically he still has not had them for a half season. And, of course, take out the, the playoffs because you still have some parts that have changed from that time frame. So I agree with you, Jarvis. I think that tempering our expectations to let the Quinn Snyder effect evolve is the best way to go. Absolutely. Um, because here's the thing. One thing that we know for a whole fact is that the players buy in, and specifically yeah. Trey Young has bought yeah, into the Queen yeah, Spider for sure. So that's the big, that's the big picture piece, right? So, and I think that that matters almost as much as the the coaching acumen, right? <laughs> you know, on the court. So, I so I'm I'm I try to be patient. I'm going to be patient because I'm going to temper my expectation because you know, like I don't want to get my blood pressure up. You know how I am sometimes with with this team because. I was watching this game, watching the game against the Cavaliers, and I was like, oh, my God, what is going on? But I had to kind of take a step back, go watch it, watch it again, you know, kind of get a little another, another set of eyeballs on, like a different mm -hmm. set of eyeballs on it. And yeah. I had to take my uh my fan perspective out, and I'm just like, mm -hmm. okay, all right, this is something that is a constant evolution, and, and it just sucks that Jalen Johnson is going to be out for the next month because that's, right, yeah, what that's are a great you going to do? That's the big thing. And Sean, we got to wrap up real quick. You wanted to say something? I just think that in, in the most respectful way of senses of not having Jalen Johnson, uh, I think that it is a good thing because it is forcing this team to have to make decisions and figure out exactly who they were going to be and expected to be not knowing that Jalen was going to step up and be in the role with the kind of contribution and production that he's bringing. It's forcing other and people to have to step up because you never know exactly who or what position you're going to be in to where you may have to rely on that later on down the road. Yeah, for me, it was just, to me, he's confirmation that it was the right choice to move on from John Collins because I think the Hawks are going to be just fine with Jalen Johnson. Now, we're going around the Metro in a minute, but first, I want to download with you guys on FanDuel. So when you think about where we are right now, the weather is getting colder and colder. 
technically the thermometer says that it, or the thermostat says it's 47 degrees, but it's supposed to be a low of 29. Why is that important? Because you're going to probably be indoors twiddling your thumbs, trying to figure out what to do with your time. You know what you need to do? You need to check out FanDuel because the NFL offers the opportunity for you to at least keep yourself busy and maybe make a few dollars through FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Now, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action because not only is it something good for you to do while you're indoors, a way for you to make some quick cash, but it's also user-friendly. This app is very easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and continue an amazing NFL season with making a little cash during the interim. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel is the official, official partner of the NFL. All right, time to take you guys around the Metro. Now, unfortunately, the Hawks had to say, okay, bye to the in-season tournament because they didn't get the 18-point win that they needed against the Cavs, and they didn't get a loss from the Celtics, who actually ended up blowing the heck out of the doors with a 20, I think it was like a 27-point win last night. Anywho, now that we know the Hawks are not going to be there, Deshaun, are you A, still going to watch the in-season tournament, and are you B, relieved that the Hawks are out of it because now we can just focus on a regular season? I'm definitely not relieved that they're not participating in it. Uh, I definitely wish that they, certainly that they were. And I'm still going to watch, probably not with the same interest that I would have been watching with had they been uh, participating in it. But this is the closest thing to NBA playoff basketball that you're going to get until NBA playoff basketball. At least that's the feel that I get. So it's been good. It's got, it's kind of, it's a tournament. So you know how I feel about tournaments already. You know, I'm all for it. I'm all about it. Um, but I think it's going to be good. And then the Hawks can also kind of go back. This should give them something to be hungry about, you know, something to kind of see after they tried it out. It's been the first time. But how can you go back to the drawing board now and try and, um, you know, see if you can win this thing, you know, not only next year, but try and get a head start. Look at it from glass half full. Try and get a head start on the rest of the season to try and make a run for when it matters most, which is what matters the most the NBA playoffs. And Jarvis, their uh, consolation prize for not making the in-season tournament is that they have to play the Nets and the Sixers. Now, granted, they at least had an overtime win against the Nets a couple nights ago, and they'll be playing the Nets at home, but they've got to go to Philly to take on the Sixers. So those are the two games that are going to be played on the 6th and 8th, respectively. But more importantly, Deshaun makes a great point about motivation because we know that the Hawks, I mean, they felt like some type of way-way when they did not get into that bubble. When they didn't get into that yeah, bubble, they, yeah. they were hot. And you know what happened in the next season when they didn't get into the bubble. So <laughs> Deshaun may be on to something, Jarvis. But how are you feeling about the fact that uh, now the tournament's over, are you going to watch? And are you thinking that, hey, good, lay that to rest, let's move along? Um, no, absolutely not. I will not be watching. Um, <laughs> because here's <laughs> the thing, like, because my, my whole thing with the whole in-season tournament, because it's – you know, like the whole Pacers game, right? You know, everybody in their mom was talking about, oh my God, this is the greatest game ever and all that stuff. I don't know about y'all, but I was sitting there watching the game. I was like, uh, somebody go play some defense or 
Somebody right. gonna try to, you know, file the man. Can we can we uh trap the guy to get the ball out of his hand? Tyrese Halliburton right. is absolutely killing the Hawks right there. So right. let's let's do something that you know people do, teams do to the, to Trey Young. Hey, trap him, yeah. get the ball out of his hand, and see and make somebody else beat us. We're not yeah. gonna let this dude continue to just skip to Malou <laughs> all up and down the court. I'm just like, man, okay. Like, so yeah, I've I I mean, out the NBA, I know they're trying to garner interest, but you know. It's it's, it's 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 November, you know. Tate, it's, 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 football still going on, you know. So you know, like, <laughs> well, you brought up football, this summer, so you can't be mad at Jarvis bringing up football now. Yeah, you, you said that, man, bro. Exactly, you called out DQ's name, so you kind of brought that into the ethos, so you know. I did, I did. I I take that one. I take that. One. <laughs> exactly, take that L because you brought that L. But uh, speaking of L's, we do not want the Hawks to take yet another one. We don't want them to have a third loss in a row, especially because they're going on what this will be their fourth game of the fifth game, five game road trip. And this is a winnable game in San Antonio for a yes. couple of reasons. Number one, uh, they get the day off to tonight to reset. So they've got a little bit of a breather. Number two, you're going in with a three and 14 team. So you've got that. And let's just be honest, other than Victor Wimbanyana and maybe Devin Vassell, who's low key been playing, had a decent season so far. Really and truly, I feel like the Hawks should still be going in there and taking care of business. I believe, Deshaun, another thing that goes back to what Jarvis and you were saying in the last segment is this season, the Hawks are taking care of business against teams that they're supposed to. So I feel like they can do this and will do it tomorrow night. But what do you feel are the keys to a win against the Spurs for the Hawks? I think it's really going to be just, you know, with the Spurs being one of those teams that's one of the youngest in the NBA and one of the worst records in the NBA, you don't want to be the team that, you know, to to take the L against one of those teams. You come out and you be prideful. You know that your experience matters. You use that wisdom against a team that doesn't have nearly as much. Victor Wimanyama is going to have all the hype, all the pressures over there. The pressure shouldn't be in the, on the Hawks in this situation. Sure, it's a road game, and they're going to be very well coached and all that, but you've yeah. got to use your experience and put them in positions where you can make it really tough for some guys that are younger than you are and force mm-hmm. them to kind of grow before your eyes, but don't let it be on your watch. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And what about you, Jarvis? We're looking at a game tomorrow night that is winnable, something that can get the Hawks back into the win column very, very quickly, get them to 500. What do you feel are the keys to the Hawks getting that win tomorrow? Oh, uh, They're going to have to be able to figure out a way to shoot. They have to shoot the ball well because we know once this offense gets going, everything else kind of follows, right? You know, you yeah, start seeing yeah. really more active hands on defense. You start seeing guys trying to – pick off passes and everything and, and, and get out and get out and run and push the mm-hmm. ball up the court because, you know, with Jalen Johnson being out, that was one thing he was real big on. Grabbing that rebound, boom, coming down, putting the ball on the floor, let's go. Let's push the ball up the outlet. Let's get it, you know. And that's what Quinn Snyder wants to do. He wants to be able to push the ball up the court and and, and, and hurl them bad boys up because, what, they were, what, 35 of 100? It took 100 mm-hmm. shots, you know, against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, yeah, get those shots up, but let's see some more of them fall. And I think that, you know, a team that's used to losing like the San Antonio Spurs, mm-hmm. they'll eventually crumble, you know, because mm-hmm. as long as you don't give them hope, they'll, they'll fold just like they have been, you know, being one of the worst teams in the league. Indeed, indeed. And yeah, we'll definitely be watching with interest because I think Jarvis, you make an excellent point. Where do you get that speed? Where do you get all of those little things, the intangibles that Deshaun and I have been talking about when it comes to Jalen Johnson, having really, really good core vision for a big, being able to see 
play maybe a second or two before it happens and seeing how it's going to play out, which allows him to get those rebounds and start literally almost start a play midway while he's pulling the rebound down. It's like his head, his mind is already halfway down the court on what's going to happen. So, yeah, I think tomorrow night and the games to come will really show us how the Hawks are going to be able to overcome that. Listen, guys, we appreciate you, as always, for stopping by the Atlanta basketball party. It's your home for the best Hawks Talk. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And of course, on Thursday, you know what you got to do. You got to stop by the Atlanta sports party. We'll see you tomorrow.